Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today, my guest is Anya Halama. She is the founder and owner of Expansion Alchemy, a spiritual mentor and integration coach, plant medicine facilitator, intuitive digital artist, intuitive healer, and Akashic records reader. Also a podcast host and a two times international bestselling author. Welcome, Anya. So happy to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Brad, for having me. Excellent. It is my pleasure and my honor. I am so excited to jump in and share a little bit about your story and your journey and all the beautiful light that you put out into the world through all of the different modalities that you work in. So with that being said, let's get started. I mean, you are all of these things plus multiple other things. Anya, that is exhausting just thinking about all the titles it's a hell of a lot of hats and quite a resume you have so i'm curious how on earth do you find all the time for all of this and how do you prioritize and how important is prioritization and organization for you (laughs) oh my goodness yes it, it could be a mouthful it really is but to me honestly one i have a virgo moon so i'm very good at organizing for all those people who are into the spiritual realm and into astrology like they know virgos are very organized that is one of my strong suits one of the things i excel really well at and just yeah prioritizing what is what is good for me but honestly all of those things go hand in hand for me all of those modalities that you mentioned, for example, EFT tapping, Akashic Records, some of them you didn't mention, like the Ho'oponopono, Reiki healing, etc. I have all of these tools, all of these practices, because I truly believe that what works for one person doesn't work for everyone. And I really cater when I'm mentoring people, when I'm coaching people, I really cater to the specific person of what their needs are. And I love having this different toolbox of, th- of things that I can open up and depending on what that person specifically needs will depend on which one of those tools I actually go for. It it seems exhausting, but it's not because they all kind of blend in together. With the intuitive design, my background's in graphic design and marketing did in corporate America for a long time. I just do it very differently now. I don't like confine to boxes. I look at design from an intuitive standpoint. I'll go into a meditation or I'll go into an Akashic Records of a business. And I'm like, okay, what am I designing based off of what your soul business is telling me versus you telling me you like the color yellow and you want something that's yellow. Right, right. Kind of blends in together. So it's not exhausting for me. (laughs) Prioritization queen, organization queen. If you look at my calendar, you might be quite 
quite overwhelmed. Everything is color coordinated, time blocks everywhere. That is a strong suit of mine. <laughs> the important thing though is do you leave white space in your calendar? Of course. I always okay. have playroom. I live <laughs> in the feminine. The feminine is all, all about right. flowing. Like sometimes I'm like, all right, I let's move this to the back of the week. I don't this isn't a priority right now. <laughs> yeah, just gotta make sure we point that out, how important that is. So I'm very curious then with you wearing so many hats, what does your morning routine look like? <laughs> I have a very, very dialed in morning routine. And this is something that I started doing about October, November-ish of last year. Every time before that, it was very free-flowing, very, again, in that feminine. One day I'll wake up and for, for me, meditation is a non-negotiable to me. First thing that I wake up, I will always meditate. That has always been a non-negotiable for the last seven, eight years, more or less. But anything after that was very free-flowing. Like maybe today I feel like dancing. Maybe today I feel like journaling. Maybe today I'm just going to go work out and not do it. Today I have way too much work and I just need to focus on work. <laughs> yeah. So th this particular practice that I've been doing for the last few months, very dialed in. And I've actually fallen in love with this routine. So first off, it is two hours long. That's not counting me going to the gym afterwards. So yeah. I'll wake up and I'll meditate that's the, my non-negotiable. I'll meditate first thing in the morning. As soon as I get out of bed, I'll sit up in bed, put my headphones on, and I'll meditate. After meditation, I will journal. So I'll usually journal on my iPad first, and then actually handwritten, not typing, handwritten, and then do three pages of conscious streaming. From from the artist's way, the, the creator's way, from the book, she talks about three pages of morning pages. So I'll do those, and whatever's coming through me, whatever came up in meditation, whatever came up during my dreams, anything that I might have been thinking of from yesterday, I'll just write conscious stream of pure consciousness, whatever's coming through me. After that, I'll move into two actual handwritten pages, like in an actual notebook, and I'll write three things that I want to manifest in three years, three things that I want to manifest in one year, three things that I want to manifest in one month, three things I want to manifest in one week and three things I need to do today to start moving those into action steps. What do I need to do today to get all of those manifestations? After that, I'll go into my affirmations. And right now I am working through 12 affirmations that I created in um, at the end of last year. And each affirmation focuses on one of the quadrants of life. So the circle of life, I'm sure you've seen it. So it's like spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, relational, health, business, etc. So I have about two affirmations per each of those quadrants and I'll put on music and I'll dance around saying the affirmations out loud with the music to get into some of that movement, that flowing. After that, I'll do some EFT tapping and then I'll close it off with a prayer and then I'll go work out. <laughs> Holy shit. That is. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And is that routine a non-negotiable for you? That's every morning? Almost every morning. Some days, like if I'm, yeah, if I'm in ceremony or if I'm, if I have a really busy morning, I'll do parts of it. Maybe I'll put down my affirmations or if I'm walking to the gym, I'll do the affirmations while I'm walking to right. the gym and I'll stack my morning. Habit but stacking. It, it's, yeah. yeah, habit stacking, the atomic havoc. I love it. Yeah. But it is pretty much a non-negotiable right now. And I've fallen in love with it. I've never been so disciplined in my life, but I've so much fallen in love with it. And uh, yeah, it's become a non-negotiable. That's a beautiful thing. Anya, what drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and excelling at all that you do? Honestly, it's pretty much... <sighs> 
hearing that I've inspired and I've helped at least one person. If I can wake up and I hear that I've helped one person day in, day out, and I get emails, I get messages all the time from people telling me, oh my gosh, this was so good. This inspired me. That keeps me going. I know that I'm living my purpose. I'm here to help. I'm here to serve. And it's so rewarding at that point. It is. It's an incredibly beautiful feeling to know that you have given back and impacted another human being's life and changed or shifted their way of thinking or their life in some small way. It's it's very, very powerful. Yes, it is. I love it. (laughs) You're on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get into speaking a little bit about Expansion Alchemy. You're the owner and founder of Expansion Alchemy. Can you tell us a little bit about Expansion Alchemy and when you founded it? Yeah, so Expansion Alchemy is a brand new baby of mine. We just launched earlier this year. And I'd love to share a little bit of the backstory of Expansion Alchemy and how it came about, because that's a very important aspect of how it got founded. So I had a very successful spiritual business coaching business last year. Very, very successful. It was incredible. And like clients left and right, I was doing retreats, I was doing group coaching, one on one coaching. It was incredible. I felt like I was on top of the world. Then I published my second book and I was on book tour. And the book tour went from Vegas, LA, New York, and Costa Rica for myself. And during the book tour, I was like, okay, I'm going to close out all of my coaching contracts because I'm going to be in different time zones. I don't want to be stuck to Zoom meetings. I'm going to be networking, talking to a whole bunch of people. So I I just don't know what's going to be happening. So it's better that the entire month, I just close off all my coaching contracts. So go to book tour. Book tour was amazing. We were on a Times Square billboard. It was freak, again, feeling like I'm on top of the freaking world. Come back from book tour and I got hacked. I lost my website, lost 300 pieces of video content, lost 30,000 email subscribers. Exactly. Jesus. So that top of the world burned down very quickly. (laughs) And so I spent the next two months pretty much trying to get everything back. Then the next two months, why isn't this working? This used to be working. I got my website back, got some of the emails back, got some, but now the emails are all going to spam, got some of the, the video content back. Now they're all really low quality. So I'm like, why isn't this working? This used to be working, like just troubleshooting for the next month and a half. Then I spent the next two months having a complete mental breakdown. Wasn't sleeping, wasn't eating. I was traveling to to Portugal at the time. And I was like, is this my path? Should I be doing this? Should I be coaching anymore? I just don't know if this is aligned with me anymore. I don't know if this is what I should be doing anymore. There's a much higher divine reason why this all happened. And I don't know what it is right now. So I'm just constantly stuck in my head doubting myself, all the fears, everything has been coming up. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing? So I just surrendered to the universe pretty much. And in that surrender, I was in a four hour meditation and during the meditation two things came for me one of them was collaboration not competition there's no reason for us to be building businesses on our own anymore there's no reason for us to be trying to compete trying to be better than the next person why not come together as a community as we're growing together and reach much more people what I teach might resonate with some people what other people teach might resonate with others what I teach shouldn't resonate with everyone and that is okay some people aren't going to like me and that is okay i totally get it i'm not for everyone and everyone shouldn't be for everyone that there's no individuality at that point yeah but why not come together and work with some of these people 
just to reach a much wider audience and reach a lot more people. So in those depths, again, this was like a four hour freaking meditation. It was a long one. And in that meditation, Expansion Alchemy came to me. The name, the colors, the branding, the logo, the website copy, what partners I wanted, what business model is going to be, the payment structure, everything. And I'm like, holy crapsicles. This is (laughs) what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I guess this was the higher divine path of that led me to it. So what Expansion Alchemy is, is a divine alchemy school, alternative learning, I should say, in the realms of personal development, health, relationships, spirituality, and business. We have 15 teachers on board, each giving one live masterclass a month and teaching under one of those subjects. My biggest inspiration for it was Mind Valley, pretty much. I love Mind Valley, love all of their courses, love all of their teachers, love all of the events that they put on. However, the thing with Mind Valley is that once you've taken a course. And it's interesting. I was reading a statistic recently that said 90% of people that start a course don't finish an online course, which is a huge percentage. The reason that they don't finish it is because they don't have any of that accountability. So I wanted to do something different. Once you've done a class, you have access to the teachers. They are live classes. They're not pre-recorded. So you walk away from the classes, getting all of your questions answered, getting that hand-holding essentially, and not to baby anyone, but you're getting that support that other platforms don't provide from taking an online course, essentially. So that's all of Expansion Alchemy. My goal with it is to actually bring it into corporations as a mental wellness benefit for employees. Like I mentioned earlier, my background's in graphic design and marketing. I did that in corporate America for a very long time, and I had another mental breakdown then. (laughs) Wasn't eating, wasn't sleeping, insomnia, anxiety, depression. I was going blind. I just had to leave a crazy, toxic environment. And if I had the tools then that I have today, I would still probably be in corporate America. Thankfully, that is not my path, not what I should be doing. But I know that mental health isn't looked upon in corporate America at all, if a little bit. Yes, some companies are shifting and changing, especially after COVID, but it's just not where it should be. And so my mission is to bring it into corporations as a mental wellness benefit for employees. I love that because I think it's so important. Mental health still gets swept under the rug like it's a dirty little secret. And we need to start having the conversations around it to shine a light on it and help bring more awareness to it so that we can start to get the people the help that they need who are suffering or dealing with mental health issues. Oh, definitely. I don't want anyone to go through burnout. Burnout freaking sucks. And if we have the tools to help you get rid of stress, get rid of the anxiety, get rid of the procrastination that you're dealing with before it happens. Oh, amazing. The world will be a better place. Corporations will be a better place. Employers will be more happy. Their ROI is going to start going up. They have the problem. We have the solution. That's right. It needs to be more widespread. And I think that all of these things should be also brought into schools to teach children so that they learn from a very young age, so that we can better equip them with the tools that they need to deal with those things when they come up, whenever that is. And that's why I'm calling this an alternative learning school, because who cares about math and science? Yes, math and science are great, but real life situations, what happens when you're stressed? How do you deal with that stress? What modalities, what can you do if you have a stressful day instead of going off on your mom and dad at that point? Okay, how can I deal with this internally so I don't have to scream at my mom and call her the B word? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you can swear on here, Anya. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
But well, I wouldn't go so far as to say who needs math or science. I think there are some of those things that we definitely need. But there is a lot of shit that we can pull out of the school and education curriculum and substitute things that are more important, like these things and even skills like home economics and shop and these things. These are tangible. Exactly, these are tangible skills that we should be utilizing and teaching in our schools. But yes. I think meditation and EFT and all of these things should be brought into the schools as well. These are tools that are useful in life and will be used throughout their lives as opposed to the rubbish that they're teaching in school. They're basically teaching kids now to memorize and regurgitate shit. What good is that? That's useless. That is absolutely useless. (laughs) It really is. And now with the rise of all this crazy AI, no kids are really using their brains nowadays. So why not use your brains and meditate and use EFT tapping and doing things like that? Absolutely. Now, you're also a plant medicine facilitator. So I'm curious, what led you down that path? Yeah, so that goes into a bit of my spiritual journey. So like I mentioned, I had a mental breakdown in corporate America, and I was looking for an escape. I was very, very, very sick in my early 20s. Anxiety, depression, insomnia, I had celiac disease, anything that I ate, I couldn't keep down. I was allergic to almost every single food. I was going to the bathroom once a month. I was going blind. Doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I was very sick, and the Western medicine just wasn't working for me anymore. And I'm like, okay... My health is my priority right now. I need a way out. So one day I woke up and this was also the time where I was really butting heads with my manager in corporate America. So I could either look for a new job or do something crazy. And you guessed it, I did something crazy. (laughs) So I bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. And within two weeks, I put everything in storage, sold my car, sold my apartment, and pretty much never looked back. I went to Thailand for a way to heal myself essentially. While healing, I started learning about meditation, started getting more in depth in yoga. I was already doing a little bit of yoga back home in Chicago, but I really started getting into yoga. I was meditating almost every day. That's when my meditation practice became my non-negotiable. And honestly, meditation alone fixed 85% of my problems. It was incredible. But I just kept getting a calling to come to Medellin. My soul was calling for it. I didn't know why. And every time I opened up a book, I heard about ayahuasca. Every time I turned on the TV, I heard something about ayahuasca. I put on a podcast. Chelsea Lately was talking about her ayahuasca journey. I was like, okay, this sounds cool, but I also was an addict at this point. I was addicted to to drugs and alcohol, and I'm doing drugs in the jungle. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, maybe I should go do this. But I was so scared of doing this plant medicine. And I heard that ayahuasca attacks your ego first. So I had a massive ego in my 20s at this point. I wasn't still fully healed from it and the death of the ego still hasn't happened for me. So I was scared of doing it. But I one day I woke up, I was like, okay, this is my time. I'm going to go to Medellin and whatever's meant for me is meant for me. This is what's going to happen. So I went off to South America and a couple days after getting here, I met a couple of people and they invited me to a cannabis ceremony. And in cannabis, it was literally death of my ego in a cannabis ceremony. And I've, I've never heard anyone having a cannabis ceremony like this ever in my life where they were fighting their ego. It happens on Bufo. It happens on ayahuasca and all these other plant medicines, but not with cannabis. So for hours, it was good versus evil. Who am I? What are my values? Who am I as a person? What are my thoughts? What what are my morals? Who am I as a person for hours going on in my head? 
And finally the ego dissipated and I went to the bathroom. I was washing my hands. And this is the first time I audibly heard spirit talk to me. And I heard, you're ready. And I'm like, what the heck is this? I'm looking around. Who is speaking to me? What is going on? I don't get it. What am I ready for? The very next day, the first person that I met in, in Medellin, he texted me and he's like, hey, I'm going to an ayahuasca ceremony. Do you want to come? And I'm like, yes. I'm ready now. I, I want to come. So I came and it was literally the most beautiful experience of my life. I am forever grateful for that first ceremony. It opened up my heart so much in such a way that nothing has ever opened up my heart that way. It detangled all of me. It gave me so much clarity. It taught me so much about myself. And I left that ceremony. I'm like, every single person on this earth needs to try ayahuasca. This is incredible. <laughs> I know now I've drank so many times. I know now that it's, it is not for everyone. But it just got me on that path. And the more that I drank it, the more I was connecting to this medicine. And ayahuasca honestly treats me so nicely. It was really funny. The last ceremony that I did, I was speaking to the facilitator. And he's like, Anya, honestly, I've never seen ayahuasca treat anyone so nicely as she treats you. Everyone is down on the ground, getting beaten in hell in all these things. And don't get me wrong, I've had ceremonies like that as well. But 99% of my ceremonies are beautiful. And she just kept showing me, this is your path. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And I'm currently um, enrolled in an ayahuasca school. I'll be going away to the jungle in October, November of this year, learning all about ayahuasca, learning how to facilitate it, how to make it, all the prayers, all the ikaros, all the protection stuff, just so I can facilitate ayahuasca. I do facilitate other plant medicines at the moment, which I have gone through schooling for that. But ayahuasca is my path. And she showed me that it, it is my path. And now's the time for people to heal. More people are healing. Psychedelics are becoming more talked about, more known as well. So now is the time. And she just keeps showing me this is your path. Keep going, staying on path. Love it. When and how did you realize you had the gift of being a healer and intuitive? And did you struggle with that internally at all to understand and realize the gifts you had? Or was it fairly easy for you to embrace? So I realized that I was gifted very, very early on. I remember at the age of, I think I was four or five years old, very, very young, where I would see angels all around me. And I would tell my mom, Mama, there's angels right there. And she's like, child, you're crazy. <laughs> 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 no, I'm serious. There's angels. And she's like, they're just your imaginary friends. I'm like, no, listen to me, woman. <laughs> So I've always been connected, but obviously society, programming, everything that we go through, they put a limit on us and my powers went away. Once I really started getting into my spiritual practices, that's when I started picking up like, okay, actually I am really a healer. I've healed myself. I was able to heal myself from all of my ailments. I spent years and years going to Western doctors, being on medication, on anxiety, anti-depression pills, on so many different things and none of it was working. It was just masking the pain. And then I was able to heal myself with all of these new things that I was learning. And I'm like, oh, if I can heal myself, I can heal other people. I'm also a kind of person that once I learn something, once I like something, I go head first. I want to know all about it. <laughs> Let me study all of it. And this is why I have crazy amounts of accolades, essentially. So I just started practicing, practicing on myself, practicing on my friends. And 
I was working with this one acupuncturist and he kept telling me for years, your hands are your gift. You're a healer, your hands. I see so much energy, practice it, whether that's doing Reiki, whether that's doing any kind of energetic work, whatever, just practice it. Your hands are so strong. And so I kept practicing and I'm like, okay, this is actually something. It's not me making this up in my head anymore. This is a real thing. Powerful. I want to talk a little bit further about your journey as a healer, keeping in this same vein. I've heard many people say that we as humans have all the tools we need within us to help in healing ourselves. And you were just talking about how you healed yourself. Do you think that we all have those tools within us? Every one of us on this planet has those tools within us. Is this something you believe in and subscribe to? Yes, 100%. I believe we all, every single person has the power to change their own realities, has the power to heal themselves, has psychic abilities. It's just, again, going back to that programming, society, what your parents tell you. It's like your parents telling you that you're crazy and that those are your imaginary friends. If you hear it long enough, you're like, okay, maybe I am crazy. That's not real. And if we don't study it and pick it up later on in life, we would have never known. I truly believe every single person has the power to heal themselves and has psychic powers as well. And that's something that I teach intuition. How do you tap into that? There's multiple different clairs and there's multiple different ways that we can heal ourselves as well. But we have that all within ourselves. And your body, your mind is so powerful. Just by changing your mindset, you can heal so much. I'm a big fan of Joe Dispenza. Joe Dispenza, for example, if you go to any of of his masterminds, of his seminars, his retreats as well, just by meditation, there's people curing cancers, curing diseases in his seminars live right there, just by changing their minds, just by meditating. The mind is truly an incredibly powerful tool. And we don't even use a 10th of our brain power. I was just reading a statistic the other day that said that we only use 5% of our conscious mind. 95% is all unconscious. So we need to tap into that unconscious, whether that's meditation, breath work, whatever, that helps you tap into that unconscious and helps you open that up. Isn't that fucking mind-blowing? I mean, (laughs) if we tapped into even, let's say, 30%, of our oh my goodness! How much we can get done. What we would have the ability to do is just mind boggling. <laughs> so, when did you really embrace your gifts and start using them to help people? Honestly, around COVID time. So we were locked down for ages. I live in Colombia and Medellin. I've been here for five years. And we had a horrible, horrible COVID. Lockdown was one of the longest lockdowns in the world. And we just kept going back into lockdown and back into lockdown. And what else was I going to do? I was meditating seven times a day. That's when I wrote my first book. I really got in tune with my healing powers. And because I was meditating so much, I was in such a high vibration. I was healing myself through whatever I was dealing with at the time. This is when I healed my IBS as well. I got certified in Reiki at the time. And I'm like, okay, this is great. And then we held healing circles and gratitude circles and vibrational circles because we're like, okay, well, we can't go out. So I have a massive penthouse apartment at the time. So I'm going to invite my friends over, sneak under the rug, like no one see them come by. And we held these circles and I was helping other people. And we would exchange, Medellin is also like a very big spirit 
spiritual community as well. Most of my friends are some kind of spiritual entrepreneurs, whether they're breathwork coaches, other plant medicine facilitators. So we would just exchange services during COVID as well. And I was helping other people and practicing as well. Because a lot of it comes down to practicing. Yes, you can be a healer. Everyone is a healer. But if you're not practicing it, you're not going to figure out how to use that. You have to practice and hone your skills. Exactly. As mentioned off the top, you're trained in multiple areas and modalities. Can you speak a little bit about those modalities and how you incorporate those into your work with your clients? Sure. I'll talk about a couple of them. For example, EFT tapping, you've mentioned EFT tapping. Mm -hmm. It is my all-time favorite modality. So what EFT tapping is, we all have these meridian points going down our bodies. And similar to acupuncture, you put needles to move energy in your body. Instead of using these needles, you're using your hands to just tap on your body on these different meridian points. And it moves energy in your body. While you're tapping on these meridian points, you're starting off saying negative affirmations, and then you'll continue on with positive affirmations. And you're reprogramming your mind essentially by moving the energy and then tapping on these meridian points. So my EFT tapping journey started because again, I had anxiety for a very, very long time. And for the longest time, nothing is working with my anxiety. I have so much anxiety. I have so many things that just keep coming up for me. And I'm okay. And I was dating someone at the time who was an EFT practitioner. And he's like, just try EFT, try EFT. He would be sitting in the corner of his house, just constantly tapping on himself. And I'm like, this is wacko. Absolutely bonkers. I don't know if I believe this, but me not having the belief is exactly why it didn't work. So one day I was so anxious and he's like, all right, let's do a tapping session. Give it your all, give it your full belief. Let's do a session. I'm okay, fine. What do I have to lose at this point? So we did a session and I'm going to give this my full, full trust and full belief. And all of a sudden after the session, we sat down, talked for about 20 minutes. And then afterwards we tapped for another 20, 25 minutes, more or less. And I felt a shift in my energy because I was giving it my all. And I was like, holy crap, this is actually kind of working. Left the tapping session. It's like a light switch just went off in me. And I was like, oh. My anxiety is gone. And that was the first time that I really felt the power of EFT tapping. And I use it with my clients now all the time. It's my go-to modality always. And we'll either be doing a group session so then you can get the tappings from other people, get the energies of other people as well. Or if we're doing a one-on-one session, then I'll do it similarly. I'll ask them a bunch of questions before that to see what their story is, what they're going through, and then we'll move into those positive affirmations of what they want out of life. And then we'll do the actual tapping series over and over again. Another one is the Akashic Records. So the Akashic Records are, it's the book of life, essentially. They call it the book of life. It's not an actual book. It lives in the ethers. But it is the blueprint of your soul, essentially, where your soul originated from all the way up to this current life. So all of your past lives, your current life, all of your future lives as well. There's this book about about your soul, all of your thoughts, all of your memories, all of your programmings, absolutely everything is in that book. And you can go in there and ask questions like, how many past lives have I had? Or you can actually go in depth and be like, okay, why is this something that's coming up in my life over and over and over again? Why is this coming up in this current life? What is the reason? There's no reason that in this life that it's coming up. I've done all of the work in this life. Maybe there's something from a past life. And I'll give you an example of that. For me, I'm a speaker. I use my voice all the time. I speak on stages. I do podcasts. I I have my own podcast, etc. 
And for the longest time, my throat chakra closed. And I'm like, why does my throat chakra not open up? I have all of these things that I want to say, but I just can't formulate my words properly. What is going on? And so I, I was doing all of these chakra healings, all of these voice activations, and nothing was working. So I'm like, okay, let me go into the Akashic Records. I went into the Akashic Records, and I saw that in a past life, I had a mother, not the current mother that I had, but another mother who was cheating on my father. And I was very close to my father at the time. And she would choke me because I was very outspoken about her cheating. And she would put a scarf over my neck. And I took off the scarf. I saw all these marks on my neck. Neck, I went in there and I healed my neck and healing in the Akashic records, they live on a much higher dimension than we are at. So the healing is much more powerful at that point as well. So I did a healing on my neck, came out of the meditation, came out of the Akashic records. And it's again, like a light switch just went off in me. All of a sudden I could speak like instant. I was like, wow, that is incredible. Powerful. That's amazing. I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey into the world of writing and becoming a two-time best-selling author. Can you tell us a bit about the books and what that achievement means to you on a personal level? Yes, of course. So I currently have two books. One of them is my own personal book. The other one is a co-authored book with 15 other women. And I'm currently working on a third book. That's all mine. I'm very excited about that. So I never imagined myself as a writer ever. And I think this is one of my biggest achievements because I've never imagined myself as a writer. English was my second language. It is not my first language. And writing linguistics was just never my forte. I got B's and C's, in, which is actually pretty good. Uh, but for me as an overachiever and as immigrant parents, that wasn't great for them. So writing was just never my forte. And when I started traveling, I started a travel blog. I quit it because I hated writing. And during COVID, again, this was the biggest expansion of my spirituality and of my growth was pretty much COVID. And during COVID for about a month and a half, I just kept hearing a spirit tell me, write, write, write. And I'm like, spirit, what the heck do you want me to write? I don't understand. What do you want me to write? I'll write a blog post. I'll write a social media post. I don't understand what you want me to write. And then I started getting a little bit more inklings. Okay, write a little bit more of your story. Start sharing your story. Okay, but where am I supposed to write this? I don't understand. And I was on a massage table one day, just in flow, in that feminine flow like I was talking about earlier, and just receiving. And I heard the name of the book, Rebel's Guide to Spirituality. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm writing a book. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but <laughs> I guess this is what I'm doing. I'm writing a book. Why not? And then everything just clicked at that point. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but the message came in so strong. I started writing. I set myself a goal to write a thousand words every day, Monday through Friday, a thousand words every day. A thousand words is like a blog post. I can write a thousand words every day. That's fine. So a thousand words every day. I got the book done in four months. Two months later, it was oh, on shit. bestsellers. Yeah. <laughs> Two months later, it was on bestsellers list. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. But it was pure consciousness speaking through me, pure source, pure guidance, because that instinct came in so strong and I listened to it. You're also the host of a podcast, as you just mentioned. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What the title is, subject matter, is it interview style, solo episodes, a mix of both, and what inspired you to start the podcast? 
So it's a mix of both. It's called Spirituality for Badass Babes. We finished up season one. We're going to start season two after the summer. I need a little bit of time off. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of work to have a podcast. But it's a spiritual journey. It's Spirituality for Badass Babes. Men are babes too. Any men listening right now, if your girlfriend's ever called you a babe, you're a freaking babe. So anyone can listen. It's all about spiritual journey. Sometimes it's about, it's an interview style with someone else's spiritual journey. Sometimes it's me going and doing an EFT tapping session on my own. It's just really empowering, getting out of the darkness, getting out of the unstuck, getting out of the past. Because what I've noticed is whoever has any kind of spiritual awakening, they have a spiritual awakening for a reason and they come from a lot of trauma and a lot of pain. They've gone through a lot in order to get that enlightenment happen. So it's sharing those stories where they came from, coming from the dark and then going into the light. What inspires or lights you up the most about the work that you do? Uh, Like I was mentioning earlier, it's just having people reach out to me from all over the globe almost every single day telling me that something that I wrote inspired them, a video that I posted inspired them, me doing a 10 minute talk somewhere inspired them. That lights my soul and warms my heart so much because I know that I am on purpose. I know that I am serving and helping people. And for me, it's not about the money. It's really helping people. The money's going to come. If you're helping people and you're serving people, the money's going to come. But just helping people and serving and being on a path. I know I am here to help as many people as possible. I can't reach everyone. And this is why Expansion Alchemy started. So why can't we come together and create something where we can reach way more people? Exactly. Yes. Our our combined forces, if we unite, we will get so much more done and we'll be able to accomplish so much more and reach so many more people. Our voices united are so much stronger and louder. And that's what we need to do. Well, we're much more powerful in numbers in general. Even if you're doing a group meditation, a group tapping, a group whatever, we are so much stronger in the numbers. A friend of mine recently just told me a story that there was a little boy who had cancer and one of his favorite bands was in their hometown and someone reached out to the band and they're like, okay, this boy is going through this. At the time he was in surgery and the the musicians came out and they're like, okay, this song is dedicated for this little boy. And they sang the chorus of the song, specifically the chorus because it had his name in it. And I won't mention who it was or what, but it had his name inside the chorus. And thousands of people sang it together. He came out of the surgery and they got rid of 99% of the cancer that he had inside of him because we combined our healing powers together. We are so strong when we come together. We are. And I mean, there's been so much divisiveness in the world over the past few years with COVID and all the other shit that's come along with all of that. So we need to start putting it out there and and more people waking up and coming together and realizing the power in the numbers and how much more we can get done in this world if we do come together and rise together. That's what we need to do. Period. Yeah, we all need to keep raising the vibration together because it is up to us to keep shining that light That's to right. wake up those people that aren't awake right now. And, and they will wake they, up. They will. They will. They will wake up. But also, the more light we shine, the more of that negativity. You can't, well, they they won't us. be able to ignore the light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? So it is up to us to keep doing what we're doing, keep shining that light so freaking bright that ooh, yes. the entire world wakes up. You just can't. 
can't ignore it. You just cannot. And that's what it's going to get to. Now, Anya, you've been recognized and celebrated for a lot of the work you do. You're recognized as a top millennial powerhouse by Entrepreneur Magazine. You were listed as one of the top 10 entrepreneurs to follow. I'd love to know how important are these accolades to you and what do they mean to you on a personal level? Do they carry much weight with you? Not much, honestly. I think some of the stuff that feels like successful for me is really getting past some of my limiting beliefs. What's another title, a magazine article or whatever? Yeah, those are great. That's nice. And it gives me that authority. But what really, like I was saying, the book, for example, that is such a huge accomplishment to me because for the longest time I was like, I'm not a writer. I don't know how to write. This is just not something that I do. So moving past that, getting my book to bestseller, seeing myself on a Times Square billboard for my book, I was like, okay, there you go. I've freaking made it because (laughs) I had so many doubts in myself and so many fears in myself. That is my idea of success in that way. That's what means a lot to me. It's also confirmation that you're on the right path. Oh, for sure. For sure. And spirit always has a way of confirming that for you. There you go. (laughs) You say that your passion is to use your eye for beauty, knowledge, and love for self-discovery and healing to impact as many lives as possible. Why is this so personally important to you? And how do you plan to accomplish this mission? Yeah. So for me, one of my main missions in life is to bring beauty to this world. That's why I was a graphic designer. I've always been an artist. I went to art school. Most kids went to ballet or soccer. I went to art school. Like beauty has always been, been so internal for me. And I'm like, okay, I love, love, love beauty. I want to bring more beauty to the world. And the way that I bring more beauty to the world now is by helping heal people. The more that I help heal, people, the more beautiful they are on the insides and the more that beauty radiates all throughout them. So the more that I heal with the work that I do, the more people become beautiful and I'm bringing beauty to this world and it's just all aligned. And I do that with the work that I do, whether that's doing coaching, hosting retreats, talking at seminars, doing podcasts, writing more books, whatever, expansion alchemy, whatever it is, my goal is to help as many people get past their traumas, get past their limiting beliefs, knowing that they have all of the power inside of them, that they don't need another stupid certification or another doctor visit or another whatever. They have all the power within them. And then that is what's beautiful. That's what's going to make them shine. What does the word success mean to you? Yes, like I mentioned, it is going through all of the trials and tribulations that you've been through and coming out better. So for me, when I saw myself on a New York Times Square billboard for a book that I've written, that was my idea of success. It's like I made it because I knew that I wasn't a writer. Deep inside, now I know I am. But all my entire life, I was like, oh, I'm not a writer. I suck at writing. I'm horrible at this. There's something else telling me otherwise, a massive 80-foot Times Square billboard billboard telling me otherwise. Okay, actually, I am a writer. I am (laughs) successful. (laughs) What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after learning it? So that if you have... um, 
any kind of traumas, any kind of ailments, any kind of something, if you're getting an inkling to fix that, go ahead and actually fix it. Whether that's sitting in those meditations, going to doctor's offices, doing whatever, intuition is guiding you. I'm a strong believer in listening to my intuition. This is how I've gotten as far as I've gotten is because I listen to those inklings within myself. And if I didn't, I would have been on a completely different path right now. But just having that inner knowing inside of me at the first time, okay, you are so sick, you need to leave this toxic environment. You need to leave Chicago, leave your home, leave your job and just do something crazy, go off on this crazy adventure that they call life. I wasn't looking for a way of finding myself, but that's exactly what happened because I listened to that intuition and my life would have been completely different if I stayed in Chicago in a corporate job. What, <laughs> what does the word empowerment mean to you? Empowerment to me means inspiring, influencing people in a way that someone else can't reach that particular person. Like I said, I don't resonate with everyone. I don't need to resonate with everyone. You don't resonate with everyone, Brad, and that is okay. But the people that I do resonate with them, I inspire them in a way that, for example, you can't, and that is empowering. I'm empowering them to be a better person, to reach that beauty, to just find themselves, and just to be a better person. For me, that's what empowerment means. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? So this isn't a who, it is a what, actually, and it's ayahuasca, 100% ayahuasca, because ayahuasca has seriously been the biggest catalyst to my own personal growth. I've learned a lot, I grew a lot, I've healed a lot, I've been shown much of the future, she just keeps showing me, you're in alignment, you're on the path, this is what you're going through. There's been times that I've been, for example, I was dealing with an entanglement with an old business partner. We were trying to split ways. We couldn't figure out what to do with our business. And I did ayahuasca. I'm like looking for guidance at that point. And she just showed me all of it. That was a very, very, very hard ceremony, but she guided me and she showed me. And that has been the most inspirational, the most transformational, just the biggest, biggest catalyst to my own growth has been this particular plant medicine. What is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? Being sick, trauma with my father, my father stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars from me, just going through pains when I was younger, when I was in my early 20s. I'm not the same person that I was in my early 20s, nor do I want to be. Thank goodness that girl was a fucking mess. (laughs) (laughs) You've grown, evolved. Yeah, yes, as I I should, exactly. Absolutely. And it, it was hard, very, very, very hard. I was literally sick and tired of being sick and tired all the time. But I needed to go through that. I needed to go through the pains of what my father put me through, of my body deteriorating, of me almost dying, because I wouldn't find the path of healing. I wouldn't find the path of plant medicine. I wouldn't find the path of spirituality if I didn't go through that. And not only that, but I found so much forgiveness and so much love in my heart for all of those moments. It is so beautiful part of your journey and it makes you who you are today. Exactly. Blessings in the skies. They sucked there at the moment, go. but blessings <laughs> now. A yeah, decade later, right. I can look at them that way. That's right. That's right. So we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. Let's go. How would you describe yourself in one word? Energetic. 
If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Meditation. What is one thing that you love about yourself that is not related to your physical appearance? Empathy. What is one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Teleportation. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Making the world a better place. What is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books? From Good to Great. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. (laughs) Did good. You rocked it. Woo! I like those. Those are fun. Put me on my feet. (laughs) That's, That's the point of it. Keep you on your toes. What challenge in your life has shaped you the most? Definitely being sick, very sick in my early 20s. Again, I wouldn't be the person that I am today if I didn't go through all of those pains, all of those doctor visits, all of those sleepless, sleepless nights. Oh my goodness, 10 years of insomnia fucking sucked. (laughs) All of that. Yeah, it's shaped me to who I am today. Again, learning from all of that blessings in disguise. That's 100% what it was. What is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everybody should learn at some point in their life? That if you get an inkling to leave your job, if you get an inkling to be an entrepreneur, whatever it is, if you get that inner inkling, spirit is talking to you. Listen to spirit. I am very good at listening to spirit now. When spirit first started talking to me, I I was like, am I crazy? Doubting myself? Is this like going back to remembering my mom thinks that I'm crazy for seeing all of these angels? Just doubts and just listen to that spirit. There's a reason that spirit is telling you this because so spirit gives a lot of people the same ideas over and over again. How many times, and I love giving this example, how many times have you had this brilliant idea when you were washing your hair in the shower or wherever on a massage table and you're like, oh, that's a great idea. And then you don't act on it. Five months later, someone else came up with the same exact idea and you're like, that was mine. Well, yeah, spirit gave it to you and you didn't act on it. So we gave it to the next person. Yeah, Listen to that spirit talk to you. Listen to it come through and just listen to that inner voice within you. Beautiful advice. What's something you learned growing up that is apparently no longer true? Let's see. How how much importance we need to give on school, essentially. I wish I blew off my grade school and college career. I wish I could just kind of fuck off and not pay attention. I was the straight A student. These because grades mattered. Well, I mean, sure, they mattered. And if you have children, please make them stay in school. School is still important, but don't beat them up if they're going to come home with a C or a D. And I came home with one D in fourth grade, and I did not see the day of light for a very long time. My parents said, beat me with a slipper, and it was the end of time. And I was like, why did they do that? Why? If they would have been, okay, why did you get this D? Let's see if we can work on this together. If we can help you to the next time you get a B maybe. You don't have to get straight A's all the time. I wish that I blew off college because it really didn't matter as much as they put emphasis on how much it actually does matter. Yeah. Well, the education system severely yeah. fucking broken. Really, I really think the people who need education are the ones that are going through to be lawyers, doctors. You have to have that education. There's no other way to get that degree or to step into that career. But other than that, I think it's 100%, fucking useless. Yeah. Other useless. than that, it's useless. The education what, of life. Like, 
Yeah. And what else I find funny is, so I went to an art school. I studied graphic design and I studied marketing. Like, I don't think other than myself, which I still do intuitive design, I don't think anyone that I went to college with, and I'm still friends with a lot of people from college, none of them are doing what they went to school for. <laughs> none <Yeah>. of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the same thing. I went to school for audiovisual techniques, and I would say ninety-five percent of them aren't even working in the industry or doing anything with it. So what? You just pissed away exactly. all that money. For pissed nothing. away hundred k for what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anya, what is your why? Ah, my why is my family. I'm very, very close to my mom and my sister, and we were immigrants coming to America. We didn't grow up with a lot of money. My mom still doesn't have a lot of money. I would love to retire my mom. I would love to take her to the mouth. Have whatever you want. That is my why. But not only that, just inspiring as many people, helping as many people, making this world a better place. I, I read this somewhere and I can't remember where it was or someone told me this. It's like, leave each place better than you came in. Yes, whether it's picking up something that's on the ground, picking up trash or inspiring some someone, leave each place. And I want to leave this earth better than I came in. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? It would probably be Oprah. I'm from Chicago. I love mm -hmm. me some Oprah. <laughs> I just feel like her upbringing resonates with me so much. I've had the trials and tribulations over and over and over again and failures and I'm still growing my business and she had a much later start and I resonate with that so much and I think it's so beautiful the impact that she's caused that she's left on so many people. I would love to just sit down and manifesting maybe being on her show. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Oprah's a popular choice for sure. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? You can do, be, and have absolutely anything that you've ever wanted. Whatever your mind thinks of, you can have. Don't let anyone, don't let naysayers tell you no, tell you otherwise. You can be it. Believe in yourself. You've got this, babe. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? Look within yourself. Start healing yourself. You have all of the power to be, do, and have all within yourself. Leave the world better than that you came in here and just truly start transforming your life. The more that you transform your life, the more you will start inspiring others to transform their lives as well. That's all it takes is for you to start working on yourself and the world's going to be a much better place. So do you, boo. Beautifully said. Anya, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your story, your journey, and the beautiful light that you put out into the world through all the amazing work that you're doing out there. I appreciate you, and I am so grateful to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brad. This was lovely. It was a pleasure. Well, once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Anya Halama. She is the founder and owner of Expansion Alchemy, a spiritual mentor and integration coach, a plant medicine facilitator, an Akashic Records reader, a two-time best-selling author, and a podcast host. Thank you so much, Anya. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.